Did you guys see the uh, the the sexy unit bomber TikTok? I did. <laughs> and I loved it. Yeah, I, I was I... <laughs> mostly confused. <laughs> well, there is a guy who like takes out a gun for a reason that's not. Well, it's because she's a unibomber, yeah. but a girl. Yeah, and which that... makes it doubly dangerous. Yeah, she, so you gotta she pull that stacked. piece. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is like not only like is she gonna like maybe blow up a you know a federal building or or a person. Like, she's also going to hypnotize you with them titties. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. She is double-cheeked out yes. on a Thursday. It is. Well, no, uh, Halloween was on Sunday. Oh, that's a good point. Imagine yeah, Sunday. Imagine if um, Ted Kaczynski, instead of murdering a bunch of people, just became an influencer. Ooh. Ooh, that would have been nice. Could have gotten a lot more people on his side. Imagine if he was really hot. Mm. I'm actually currently working on the narration for the real-life essay on Ted Kaczynski. And it's a really great essay. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and one of the things that they talk about is uh, the, the the central argument of the essay is that the fact that we still talk about Ted Kaczynski as the anti-technology like guy is proof or at least furthers the idea that like the violence is the medium of his message. The, like the violence was necessary to make the impact. Well, it's certainly which is fucked up because there's yeah. a lot of other people who wrote <laughs> against technology, but and and, and better, yeah, and much did. better than he did. And also, like, what impact? Like impact with like people who spend all their time on Twitter but call themselves anti-technologists. Well, <laughs> like, I think it, the point of the essay is that like this, the Unabomber's message is coming back into fad, particularly because so many of the people alive in their prime now don't really remember. Because they're divorced enough from, like, the violence of the Unabomber and, like, yeah. the news story. Yeah, um, all the tragic that they deaths. they can just see the philosophy of it. Yeah. And also, everything came true, which, like, you know. And and it is a very like, prophetic document. Yeah. But the, the point of the essay, and you, you'll you be able to hear it probably. It'll be up, hopefully, by the time you're listening to this. Maybe not. But um, the, the whole point of it is basically just, like, yeah, a lot of people said the same thing and better. But mm-hmm. we don't talk about them because they didn't maim Mur- and kill yeah, murder a bunch people. Of people. Yeah, yeah, murdering people turns out makes you infamous. Yeah, and, that's true. Well, uh, I mean, like, threatening pe- threatening to kill people unless you get, like, an op-ed in the New York Times, which is essentially what he did, right? You he know, threatened. Like, he yeah. did it. Well, he did it, and then he said he'd do it again unless he got that put in there. Yeah, and then, you and, know, like, you know, like, he I mean, saved us from our highly technological it, presence. It's, it's a good way to skip the slush pile, is all I'm saying. If you, you know, aspiring writers out there. It's not a bad, yeah. And at the same time, I think, that. you know, it, 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 it it obviously plays into the opposite argument, which is to say that, like, by making these arguments um, from the position of a uh, murderer of strangers uh, to try to get your, you know, writings published, um, it turns off more people than you're likely to convince of your arguments. Um, and, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, like, I view it all like sort of like the Manson shit, right? Like, in that Ted Kaczynski was somebody who... If not absolutely tortured by MK Ultra, like, and the people that were supposed to be, like, helping bring him into the fold of, like, you know, uh, our society and, like, academia and, like, the intelligentsia and, like, you know, try to, in, it, instead of just, like, torturing him, 
they could have probably made somebody who would have had likely extreme uh, critiques of our society, but uh, probably not somebody who is going to live out in the woods and just murder people through the mail. He would have probably been a radical, but he might not have killed people if they hadn't done what they did to him. If you're not familiar with the way the and what was the university? Was it Harvard? Harvard, yeah. Harvard, yeah. yeah Harvard. He's 16. Yeah, yeah, 16. He yeah. was a child. It's, it's a fucking tragic story. The story of Ted Kaczynski is absolutely tragic. Same yeah. thing with Charles Manson. Like, yeah. David, Manson you just finished was, a book on yeah, Charles yeah, Manson. Yeah, I just finished Tom O'Neill's Chaos. Uh, highly recommend, highly recommend. We may, He's been like brimming with excitement yeah, about this book. We it's might want to do a, a, a bonus episode on Manson because like, I am not familiar at all with the backstory uh, in this book, but I read the Bugliosi uh, book, which I just took at face value and I like read it because I was like, oh, I heard, heard this is an interesting read. And then when I found out like it, he was the prosecutor, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like... And it was called Helter Skelter, and it was just yeah. full of, like, the most insane shit. Like, in, you know, Bugliosi's, like, rendition of the story, uh, Manson was, like, this fucking Marvel Cinematic Universe character who, like, jumped out of dune buggies with, like, a sword and lopped people's ears off and shit and had, like, <laughs> magic hypnotic powers over I mean, other Charles people Manson and shit. I mean, Charles Manson was super charismatic, but mostly he was just a fantastic pussy eater. Like, yeah. that is yeah. the most <laughs> remarkable thing about Charles Manson. Well, yeah. And, and a halfway derived. decent yeah. singer-songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. he was, like, he, he was a child prisoner. Like, yes, you know, he was put yeah. in prison at the age of like twelve yeah, or something, and, and he was exposed like to like all types of really fucked up traumatic events. So let's do let's let's uh, commit to it now yeah. on right. air live. Yeah, sort of. It's not live. <laughs> um, no, let's do an episode right on Charles Manson on Charlie Manson because yeah. I'm a big true crime buff. Yeah, which is I feel very vulnerable saying that because I know you, yeah. you get judged for being that nowadays. But not I am. Easily fooled, I am a, so you know. <laughs> Um, and yeah, you just finished this book, Chaos. Yeah, yeah. What One interesting tidbit about uh, Bugliosi. Bugliosi? Meh. <laughs> Meatball prosecutor. Uh, <laughs> that, um, uh, uh, right, who's also the author of Helter Skelter, which like for a very long time was the definitive book about the Manson killings, is like completely false. Um, <laughs> so Bugliosi is like, in his own right, like, has some serious issues, one of which being that he is incredibly insecure and very litigious, which wouldn't isn't too surprising. And he um, got it in his head at one point that his uh, firstborn son was um, actually the result of his wife cheating on him with the milkman. Oh, really? Yeah. Classic. Lit- lit- classic. Right? classic. Classic. To the point... That he, um, and no matter, like, how many times his wife, like, got paternity tests and, like, showed that the milkman didn't even work their route, uh, when, like, by the time that the son had been conceived and everything, that, like, um, he, this guy, like, showed up at the milkman's family's house and was, like, threatening lawsuits and was, like just like stalked this family you can't sue somebody for fucking your wife that's not a (laughs) you can't sue somebody for that but he's he like he like went after them for years until he got like a they got like a twelve thousand dollar settlement from the guy for like harassment for oh my god he just like got in his head one day that and then he um and then like he turned around and like beat the shit out of his mistress because he was definitely cheating on his wife so like he's like a absolutely horrendous person well let's (sighs) save the rest for a bonus episode coming to a patreon stream near you yeah um maybe maybe we'll do our next one on that yeah i also really still want to do one about masculinity i know and we will do that one someday yeah um 
And also just while we're here, sneak peek, what our next bonus episode that we're going to be recording tonight is on uh, stuff that's fake. So and I'm it. not going to say any more than that. Yeah. It's Everything just fake, fake shit. Cramming in. Internet's one fake. Episode. It's just, it's not real. Yeah. And, um, and that is what makes it so dangerous. <laughs> okay. But now let's talk about some real stuff. Let's talk about some very real stuff. Let's talk about the elections. Okay. Okay. The realest. Whether you like it or exist. not, they were real. Let, let me get out ahead of all of this. Oh boy. And here comes know. the anarchist. Womp no, I, you yeah, know, no, no, it's, it, it's just. <laughs> We love you anyway. It come there comes a time when you know you gotta you gotta take responsibility for things, and um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take responsibility for all of the losses and all of the wins <laughs> and Ooh, all yeah, of the playing failures. Both, playing both sides, yeah, and yeah. successes. You know, Smart. credit you where lose, credit right? is due. Smart, and you know, like if you had any problem, uh-huh. any you know, begot in your bonnet about this election, um. You know, hit me up in my DMs. It was Chris's fault. Yeah, it was. It was my I'll, fault. I'll attest. I'll you know, attest. And, uh, and it was. I need y'all to hold me accountable. <laughs> I can't it, be alone right now. Please hold me accountable. It, you know, it was a rough election. It was a rough election. Like it. You know, I mean, so Kiani won their seat, which was amazing, and I was so glad to see that. And. Comfortable um, win. Very good. It was a comfortable win. And, you know, we had basically known that it was going to be a comfortable win. Like, we were comfortable with our comfortable win. And it was. And that's great. Um, Marquita Edwards and D. Collin, who were also Troy backed, uh, Troy DSA backed candidates, did not do well, which was really devastating. But it, we didn't, we didn't really have ex- expectations that either of them would, would, not like solid expectations that either of them would win because we knew it was such an uphill battle. But we had hoped that they would lose by more, lose by less. In any event. um, Get more votes. Get more votes. And I think that that's a huge testament to Steve McLaughlin and his machine. Because this, not not having any national elections on this ballot, everything being local level, um, it was ultimately up to the counties to drive turnout. And I'm just cribbing from shit that folks have been saying in the Troy DSA Slack. So shout out to you if I'm stealing your words right now. But um, Steve McLaughlin's a beast, and He's it it, it made a big deal down ballot. He's on, absolutely in a lot of ways. out there playing hardball. Yeah. He is playing hardball. Taking hey. body shots. Politics is fucking hard. <laughs> We've taken full fucking body shots, head shots, everything else. You, nothing. Um, oh, by the way, I did finally complete my Steve McLaughlin soundboard, just okay, so everybody yeah. knows. All right, well, you, you heard a, a sneak peek of it last yeah, episode. There, choice uh, you can sprinkle that in yeah. throughout the episode if you so uh, I, do choose. Have a, I have a public link to the soundboard if anyone would like it please let me know but in reverse right is like not only did steve mclaughlin like probably carry a lot of republican uh candidates down ballot i also would have to say like gwen wright the democratic challenger uh hurt a lot of democratic candidates by really not running an election i mean maybe not hurt but certainly didn't did not help, help. yeah like, it, she lost two to one she lost two to one i mean i've heard reports so there was this move towards the end on the part of a lot of democratic line candidates to merge get out the vote efforts through the gwen wright campaign and i think that that was a mistake for a lot of them because i've heard from people who live in districts that were contentious saying that they had somebody show up to their door who they know was supposed to be canvassing for a string of 
people on the ballot who only canvassed for either their person or for Gwen Wright or or however else. Like, I think that that was because the Dems were in such fucking disarray. I think it was a bad idea to merge any of those. Well, yeah, like, I mean, I, I was doing some phone banking for uh, D. Colin on the election day. Um, and it was from the same, you know, van script where it was like, I want you, you to vote these for eight these people, yeah. eight people. And I was like, fuck that. Like, I'm, ca- I'm calling, you get, like, you I'm calling, I'm calling hundreds yeah. of people. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like mostly leaving voicemails because like who doesn't screen right. their calls these days? Yeah. And, um, you know, like... I'm interested in one person getting elected and I'm not going to like read the script of litany of all these people who aren't putting in, you know, effort on their own campaigns to like get that out of the vote. And then you also like have to imagine like, who is the person that like, is like, uh, like playing back their voicemail. Like, okay, let me get those names down. Like, it, <laughs> yeah, Ella, that person's Aaron's not called, real. And, and, and it's not like a real playing person. it back and like writing down like eight different names. Like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It only makes sense at like a level where you are an overworked or uninterested, like, staffer that has to get all of these names into a script right well and i also saw almost nobody run on any of the ballot provisions um which all which like all all failed (laughs) i mean we had several and that's a statewide problem of course but i think it's democrats statewide failed to run on we had all of these no one talked about these ballot provisions that were going to make absentee balloting absentee voting much easier for people um, it was going to basically like remove the conditions. It was also going to stop moving. Like if you go to prison, if you're from the Bronx and yes. you get put in prison and you get put in prison up in Coxsackie or something, you don't get to vote, but you get counted as a resident of Coxsackie. Yeah. So like that goes into like how they calculate a bunch of stuff that doesn't go to help you. Yeah. I mean, like it's the three fifths fucking compromise. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it is. You get yeah. to be a full person that then you don't get any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's very fucked up. Yeah, and, so, we, and that one failed too. And that yeah. one failed too. Um, Were there and, any that passed? All of them failed. All of the, uh, the ballot I think, initiatives. I think uh, the New York City one, like increasing what you could do in small claims court, passed. I think. Not, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it was like one New York City one. I don't passed, know. There but, were a couple of dumb yeah. ones that I didn't really pay attention yeah. to. They might have passed. But yeah, I mean, that was the thing is that like I saw, uh, I saw even fucking lawn signs telling people to vote no on those ballot initiatives and then i saw on facebook people like voting no who didn't understand what that ballot like smart people yeah, that they're know confusingly about written yeah, yeah they're, for they're, sure. they're, are, not the voting ones they were not confusing well someone got confused well that's yeah. but, but, concerning well, but, but like you can't if you we're all you, you we're not reduce. all archaeologists <laughs> out here okay you know lettered people who studied anthropology but yeah, it, it it's um, it, yeah, it just I don't I don't I also I mean, don't even really understand why you run those ballot those initiatives laws, on this election. No, they should have run, run them when yeah. there was a national election yeah. because that's when Democrats turn out, and those all of those proposals benefited Democrats. Yeah. Every a- absentee voting only benefits Democrats, except for in very specific niche markets like in Florida, where old people and veterans vote absentee. But like other than that. It is good for Democrats for people to have easy access to absentee voting. And they fucking screwed the pooch. Same-day voter registration. Same-day voter. I, but I have to say, I think the most devastating loss to for me personally was India Walton. Like, yeah, I, that was super fucked up. The, the amount by which she lost is very disturbing to me. Yeah. I really don't even understand it, which is to say, like, who shows up to vote in a primary, right? Uh, like, that 
And then on top of that, like the fact that she defeated her incumbent in the primary and then the incumbent did they, was it a write-in or did they... It was a write-in. And, so, so, didn't even appear on the ballot and still beat in the general. I mean, it makes sense in the, that you have all these Republicans uh, voting for the incumbent, right? Because they don't want India to win. There was a massive mobilization of Republican and far-right extremists yeah. to elect him yeah. as a writing candidate. And so, they, and mean, they like, bought stamps that they could hand out. So, you just yes. stamp it. And so, and that's what disturbs me the most is how effective the right wing was, was like mobilizing against her. That's like, it's not even her specific loss. I don't even feel like it's, uh, people will say like this, see, this just shows that Democrats don't like socialism, blah, blah, blah. India Walton won the neighborhoods that she needed to win. Like she won working class black neighborhoods in Buffalo. Um, Places that had historically been Byron Brown's, like, base of support. Like, the places that she beat him in the primary, she beat him in the general. It was all of the suburbs. It was all of the outerlying areas that are full of scared white people. And to me, the lesson to take from India's campaign is not um, necessarily that people were afraid of her message. It's not that Democratic voters, I think, were afraid of her message. I think that it's the right wing can be mobilized quickly and efficiently and effectively. Yeah. And that the institutional democratic party would much rather a, a you know, join forces with their ostensible uh, For sure. enemies than yeah. allow to themselves to be beaten by the left. They yeah. would much rather break bread with Patriot front than they would tolerate a socialist mayor of Buffalo. So yeah, um, absolutely. Once again, um, I am your whipping boy. <laughs> We do blame you. Yeah, Chris is also in, in uh, uh, is also to blame for India Walton's loss. I mean, she had an incredible ground game. Yep, she had tons of money. Like the I saw so many it's signs very, when it, I went. Her loss is it feels to me very similar to Bernie Sanders' loss. After I remember when he lost um, Illinois. On the second Super Tuesday, I can, like, remember the moment when he lost, like, the state that he had to win to stay in it, which I'm pretty sure was Illinois. I thought it was Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, maybe Michigan. And I remember just feeling this, like, this was everything we had and it wasn't enough. And that was kind of how I felt with India Walton's loss, um, especially. But she won, like, 15% of the vote of the general voting public of Buffalo. And he won, right in won, like, 22%. So assume that maybe 20, you know, you get like the standard 2% like Mickey Mouse write-ins. The the other 20% goes to him. Like that is. That's fucking insane. That's fucking insane. insane. It's fucking insane to get 20% of the people who live in a city to write somebody's name on a ballot. That is, that is a type of ground game that I don't even know how we could hope to replicate. We, it's hard enough to get people to just go to the polls and fill in a hole. Yeah. And you know how much people love filling holes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, one good upside of all of this is that uh, politics season is over. And yeah. boy, am I glad for, for it. For another year, anyway. Yeah. What's what's running next year? It's the fucking midterms. Oh, man. Next year's the midterms, dude. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I don't have a lot of uh, hope for the midterms either. I mean, you know, 
Like, I, I, oh I, yeah, no, I, Democrats are going to get crushed. We're if this is any fucking Congress, hit, like, oh my god, this fucking there, there what, are so what, many. What about this historical legislation that just got passed? What about this <laughs> this once in a generation investment in our infrastructure? It's a bipartisan deal. Bipartisan deal. The, part, the, the fact that it's bipartisan is really what you know makes it work. Definitely I mean, is. so other things that came out of this election that we didn't yet talk about is the Virginia gubernatorial race, which was won by a Republican who ran essentially only on critical race theory. Oh, like yeah, that Blumkin. was his, Blumkin, his name is Youngkin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, you know, speaking of uh, uh, cribbing arguments uh, from the DSA slack, um, you know, uh, another thing that we can, we can blame in addition to Chris Right. Is that like local news doesn't really cover elections. They'll just like they're much more likely to repeat like pack, re- prepackaged stories about national news. So right. like you mean lo- local news like the police blotter? <laughs> like what? Hey, <laughs> shout out to City Dispatch. Yeah, right? They do a yeah. good job. On yeah, 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 they do. No, yeah. but you know, but I'm thinking like like, like um uh shout out Mickey was talking about how uh you know our NPR affiliate spent yeah. way more time talking about um, the Virginia race than anything in around here. Anything. Yeah. And so, like, liberal... And I think that is, like, a big part of, like, liberals' brain rot is that they are focused on... They love nothing more than to learn... To talk about and listen to news about elections they cannot change. Because because that means that they don't have to do anything. They yeah. can just like be God, nervous about bleak. it. Jesus. They can just be nervous about it, and then when it goes wrong, well, uh, blame dumb uh, dumb uneducated. I mean, people. I actually think that a lot of liberals um, see places like Virginia as some kind of proving ground or some kind of like barometer for how politics should be. Because like liberals are just like obsessed with anything that has a hint of purple. Yeah. Like if it's a place that swings between Democrat and Republican, like they can only jerk off to it because that is the future of our democracy is the places where there's like a competitive match. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's another way of saying that, like Virginia and Pennsylvania are like really the only two places that have a semblance of democracy, or something. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, right. Everything yeah. else is just like party controlled and uh, one party states. Well, like, and... I, I wanted to zoom out just a second because, like, what are these people who are putting a lot of stock in you know whether Blumkin won or not, um, like <laughs> caring that much about it in the sense that, like, say uh, he lost, right? Would that mean that? Everything that's going on with the federal government is a okay, and yeah, they're in I the think, good. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think for exactly them, I think for the CNN talking head pundit, then that means that Democratic messaging is currently working on average Americans. Yeah. Oh, man. If you could just replace Virginia with average American state, yeah. that that would give you all the ideological but, compass that you need to yeah. understand why they would care about. But this the question, place. the question is, what messaging? Right, because like on one hand, but there's you, tons of messaging. There may not be much done. Well, but he, there are messages. Yeah, but hear me out. Right, like you have this um, Nancy Pelosi being heralded as like the greatest, most powerful Speaker of the House that has ever existed. Blah 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 blah. And you have this, you know, Biden agenda that all of the establishment Democrats are like, oh, we really want to get this done. We really want to get this done. And then you see the fact that they're constantly compromising out all of the things. That that would actually help people mm-hmm. and they're like oh yeah no 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 uh child care uh yeah no sorry no 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 paid family leave no sorry all right yeah no and they just are constantly like negotiating with themselves 
to not do the things that they said they were going to do. And then they're like, oh no, oh no, Blumpkin won. It's all over. And it's just like, well, what were you going to do either way? Like, was, you know, were they going to pass the build back better if, it, you know, the Republican won? Or would they have done that if, you know, like, are well, they I mean, I, are I, I actually do... changing any of their actual, like, strategy? I, I truly do believe that the Democrats have feel like they have crossed the Rubicon with regards to people like Cinema and Manchin, because they do see their power eroding from the right wing of their party. They I don't think that there's a single Democrat in Congress who is uh, happy about this bill not passing because it does not appeal to their base and it is not a good look for them that they can't legislate. Even if it means giving up some, you know, money from the pharmaceutical industry or whatever else, they all know that they're going to continue to start facing more and more fierce primaries. So I, I truly do think that Democrats are concerned about the erosion of their power base through the right wing of their party. Like, I don't think that they are concerned enough to confront it because they're it's the pacification of the modern Democratic Party, but I I don't think that they're happy with people like Manchin and Cinema. Right. I really don't. At yeah. least not in this instance. Well, what are they doing about right. it? Yeah, I mean, like they could. You know? What, they they could take what away, would you have them do about it? Take away. Name the- one thing that uh, Senate Democrats could do about the uh, Cinema and Manchin problem. I, I I've got, been hearing got, a lot about one. a Clinton body count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't say either way whether I think it's got you know some credence, it's got but, merits, it's but, but you know, I'm just saying that you know, there's there may or may not be a basement in a pizza place in DC. no I, I like why don't they t- take away mansion's uh um chairmanship of like the uh the energy committee what difference would that make i give him a hell of a lot less power and, uh, and it would punish him the same it way give that, him less of a vote yeah but it punishes him it does punish him yeah and, that's and, true and he he has ways of putting things on agendas and things being talked about and not when i mean like, that's why these chairmanships are like such uh jewel like plum they brass, could sanction brass him rings. they could sanction they him could but stuff. that is they very that is, you have to they, understand that is very extremist activity for the senate that's like that's like yeah. once well, in a decade it, type it, shit it is extremist activity for the democrats the republicans right. do that shit like all the time all not the to their fucking, own yeah, yeah they, they do, do. They, what just about did all, it. they just they they fucking uh to, to, to cheney they, yeah liz liz cheney. in the cheney. house the ha- d- yeah the house is not the senate Okay, well, didn't, didn't I'm they just, just saying it's it? very fucking different to sanction a Senate they, member. Uh, yeah, wait, no, they did do something to a Senate a senator. What was it? It was it was it uh, Mitt Romney or something? I don't know. I, they, they've. I'm just, I'm just saying Republicans have way more party discipline, and they yeah. they and they, have, I, they are perfectly happy with whipping one of their own into shape in, the, well, the way that Democrats are just not. I'm with David here. No, I agree. Just, yeah, I agree. And, with and that. ultimately, like, I don't know what's in the heart of all these people, and I don't know what their true Bile. like you know yeah. intentions are. Right as it relates to like the, you know what they really Mal- feel Mal- or whatever. <laughs> but like, all I can say is that they fight like hell to stop the left. And then they basically feign opposition to their mod- moderate, I'm using scare quotes here, moderate or centrist, you know, members who are actually stopping them from doing things that are politically popular that would make people like them. And they're like, oh, what are you going to do? And so I just have this 
feeling that's like, okay, it's just the good cop routine. And yeah. like, and w- the question I have is like, where do we go as like the people from here? Right. And I've, you know, been advocating for and will continue to um, getting uh, rid of the first pass post voting system nationwide, allowing for ranked choice voting, and then allowing for there to be a plurality of political parties in this country that can at least have party discipline within their organization. Because, like, this is fucking insane. Like, the Democratic Party is this big tent that ultimately is there to serve the ruling class at the expense okay, of the Okay, so here's class. the thing with that, Chris. Mm-hmm. Currently, mm-hmm. DSA has elected more people to office mm-hmm. as its endorsed members mm-hmm. than the Green Party. Mm-hmm. All of them are on the, almost all of them, the mm-hmm. vast majority of them are on the Democratic Party line. Yeah, no, I understand. So the Green Party is can, often considered the most viable third party in this country, mm-hmm. is now outranked by a political organization that doesn't mm-hmm. even have a party line having more people elected to it. I understand what you're saying, and I'm not disagreeing. I'm saying that the reason that that is the case is structural voting systems that need changing. I'm not sure how to do that. I know that that's what you mean. I totally yeah. do. But the problem is, like, pass it, it, legislatively, mm-hmm. that is so nightmarish when at a time when legislation is basically the only thing that we can't fucking accomplish in our governmental system. Yeah, I'm saying that like changes are needed to be made on a really yeah. st- fundamental structural basis as to our voting and election systems. I guess what I just mean is like that I don't know if that's the place to put the most energy because it is so to me practically impossible. Yeah, without just, without yeah. an elected political class that cares about that yeah i just if you don't have people in office who care about that then you can't get it to a vote i think i disagree with both of you okay Uh where where do you fall well i mean for one thing like like new york city passed uh ranked choice voting and they got eric adams right hey he says he wants to abolish rikers and reform the police and as a cop, he knows how to do it. Oh, hey, uh, yeah. and, wow. <laughs> and now he's, that he's Marjorie Taylor them. Green is yeah. in on it, yeah, and gonna get some bipartisan yeah. no, between right. Marjorie Taylor Green yeah. and yeah, yeah. they're gonna. Oh, get he's also gonna take like his first three paychecks in crypt in uh, in Bitcoin. So yeah, you know, you know he's a stable very genius. Um, <laughs> so you know, like so on the on the one hand, like I, you, you know, really, uh, Eric Adams is getting paid in Bitcoin. He said he's gonna do like his first three uh um paychecks yeah and the mayor of miami said that he'll he will take all for future paychecks in bitcoin yes. so you know that that's going great yeah uh that's gonna it's a very legitimate normal yeah, currency yeah definitely wow depending depending on the, the day he all. gets paid it could have massive <laughs> could, implications. Yeah, hundreds, hundreds of dollars difference yeah. yes yeah um so so like one thing is that you know yeah ranked choice voting I, I i really thought if it would do anything anywhere it would be in new york city and it doesn't really seem to have yeah done much and but then at the same time like the green party who you know i i don't want to lambaste but i do want to say that it's like i i feel like it came out of a part of american politics that is like so professionalized in its activism that it just never wins like it has it, it doesn't have any like natural like base of support so i do think a th- like a third fourth fifth party that actually came out of like an actual constituency and not just like white collar uh, environmentalism. Like I, I think could happen, but um, uh, like a I, workers' party or something. Yeah, maybe? yeah, or like the Vermont's uh, Progressive Party seems to have have some legs. But it, ne- but the, the problem is that like you think uh, the Greens are the deficiency in a third party. 
yeah, like I, I, I don't think here, yeah. I'll put, well, I'll, I'm I'll not put, here I'll put, arguing for the Greens. Well, here, I'm, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll put it this way: is that like the Greens are not a generalizable case study sure. in the viability of third parties in the United States. I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It, Ultimately, it, I think that there's such a like strict barrier to a third party being able to seriously challenge either the Republicans or the Democrats that until that barrier is destroyed by popular will and organizing, then it's impossible. Now we're just constantly in this weird every two, four year cycle having the exact same debates, the exact same people over whether it's, you know, too risky to go left and blah, 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 blah with these people that don't actually share much at all as it relates to a legislative agenda. And then you get gridlock and everyone's like, oh. And so my point is, let's rip the bandaid off Let's fucking go to war within the Democratic Party, break that shit in two, have all of the people that the DSA has been winning elections for stay in power, move into the left camp. And like, just if the Democratic Party were to break into two, mm-hmm. you would not see a number, another Democrat elected to office for 50 years. There, the the margins are razor fucking thin. Yeah, like you either have to take it over or you have to. Well, let's break up the Republicans build. too. Let, let's uh. So let, okay, so let's now, weaponize MTG. All right, so now you're gonna get <laughs> called the fucking Strasser Strasserite. Am you're I? Not careful. All I'm I mean, saying is that there's look, when people this is on the left try to make the point that you fix itself outside of that. Sorry. We're, 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 Please make the point about whether I'm a Strasserite or not. I I don't think that you are. But when people on the left even mention building a movement, fucking, you know, um, sniping people from the right, like pull in some of these white reactionary working class people and help build a movement with them. They are lambasted. I always thought it was lambasted, but lambasted by themselves, frankly, for being for doing fucking red brown uh, national socialism. So until we can get over that little hurdle that uh, blocks any meaningful organizing work on that on that ground, then I don't see what option we have. Because if you try to split away from the Democrats, you are only going to draw votes away from them. You're not going to get anywhere yourself. And if you try to movement build with people on the right, you're going to be told that you're a scumbag and you can't do that. I just w- see the same. It's like, OK, so we get Bernie in 2016. We see the, the, the primary, you know, blow out there. We see uh, Bernie in 2020. We see the primary backstabbing and everything again. And it's like, so what's going to happen in the next four years? The exact same thing? Is this just going to be the rest of my life? Just watching, like, the exact same debate happen for the exact same reasons with the exact same outcome forever? Like, is this purgatory? Oh, well, Andrew, <laughs> like, Andrew Yang is going to make a third party, and I think that really is going to have some legs and... I don't think anyone's ever tried to political debate chart a third way in the center. You know, a lot of of this stuff stems from Clint, like Bill Clinton and and Reagan, and like that political shift that happened when you know what had been a two party system with two different notions of how to govern the country became one neoliberal system in which you know, they debate minutia and other than that agree. And like, yeah, that's yeah. a fairly re I mean, I'm not trying to say that like the Democrats of the 1960s were wonderful. I'm just saying that like, there did used to be a much starker difference between the left and the right in yeah. terms of national electoral politics. Yeah. And a lot of it has collapsed. And for 
very very three letter agency reasons in my opinion but i don't want to get myself in any more trouble on conspiracy theories no but i will just say like it this is it doesn't have to be like this forever and i do think that it is oh god i'm gonna sound like such a dem suck (laughs) when i say this and i don't like that but i do think that if we're going to conceive of electoral politics as having any merit any value and worth any of our attention the best way to go about it is taking over the democratic party because I do think a lot of messaging on the left has done very well in the last seven, eight years. And if we can continue doing that and continue pushing and be strategic and be like practical about it um, when we need to be and impractical when we need to be and agitate and actually piss people off and draw some fucking attention to what we're doing, then maybe something could happen. All right. This is what we got to do. Run for sheriff. We got to get. Run for sheriff. We, we all three of us together. <laughs> the sheriff uh, triumvirate. On, on, on each other. No, 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 no. On each other's uh, shoulders in a giant trench coat. <laughs> three, three, yeah. three uh, dirtbag leftists all in right, a trench coat. Right, yeah. Yeah. How, about, how about this? We get Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Sold. And we, we do, we, we're going to do a movie. Yeah. About uh, Zapata. Okay. okay. And he's going to play Zapata. All right. Mm. So then in his research, he actually goes and lives with the Zapatistas. Okay. Right. And he sort of understands through their, you know, non-hierarchical, like, society that is uh, at war with the Mexican state and that is extremely, like, ecologically centric through his method acting method will become the left-wing vanguard revolutionary leader that we need, and he will be able to, you know, like, rise to power and, you know, do right for the people. Okay, yeah, huh? let's do that. Huh? Yeah, okay. Sounds, I can't I, see what would go wrong. I feel like we're only, like, one <laughs> Oliver Stone movie away from the revolution. <laughs> oh, JFK was so good. It was a really good movie. But yeah, I, I'm ready to not, yeah. uh, not talk about politics ever again. <laughs> Starting, dude. This is a pol- <laughs> no more, no more. This is now officially a My yeah. Little Pony podcast. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah. everybody. I, I don't make the rules. Yeah. Well, like it, they were going to straight up abolish their police and replace it with like so a, the you know civil... so the measure was here. Do we want to? Yeah. So okay, this is probably going to be a harsh cut in. Sorry, well, guys. But yeah, yeah. Sorry. We we like finished. We at the finish of that, we were like no more electoral politics. So I'm just this is a harsh cut in, but. Uh, Minneapolis also rejected the um, the change in their city charter that would have allowed them to reform a new public safety uh, thing. Public safety, well, I don't know what they were going to call it. It would be a bunch of, it was gonna be not of cops. nice mommies who would come in and <laughs> help on. the criminals and so they don't feel bad about themselves. <laughs> Maybe. But it was like straight up like a police abolition yeah, yeah, no, it effort. Was, it, was, right? it, it was pretty it, fun. I cool, mean, I the, look, what they were going to reform was going to be cops, but like yeah. softer, softer, mm-hmm. kinder cops. So anyway. Um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you know, the city probably got it out of their system, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Soft cops. <laughs> Jesus. Soft. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then they also elected three DSA uh, candidates know, into their city council. So it doesn't make figure. any sense. Oh, we had mentioned the Marjorie Taylor Green thing. Do we want to go into that for a little bit? Or? Well, I mean... <laughs> 
We, we're we're, we're <laughs> through the looking glass. I don't even know what to say Just read the tweets. Okay, all right, all right. Just read the tweets. Okay, I'll just read the tweets. When in doubt, just read the tweets. Yeah, so like, you know, about anything. That is always the best. I've been off the internet, but I got these this this thread uh came across a group chat and you know honestly like not no lies detected all right so marjorie taylor green went to go visit the j6 that's that's what we call the january 6 riots we call it the j6 so she went to go visit some prisoners uh and this is her tweet thread last night we toured the dc jail my staff and I are writing a full report this morning on an on our three-plus-hour-long tour. I've never seen human suffering like I witnessed last night. While some were shown to us in seemingly beneficial programs, others were in torturous lockdown. So she goes on to describe um, how some witnesses are, how some inmates are in, like, continuing education classes, while others are in solitary confinement for days on end. Um, Losing their minds. Yeah. Like screaming and like freaking out. Yes. Um, at what seemed the end of our tour, as we were being led toward the exit, we had not seen the J6 defendants yet. I asked to see them and was told it was not part of my tour. I demanded to see them and would have gone scorched earth if I was not allowed. and was making it known. She was going to go scorched earth, David. What do yeah. you mean? <laughs> I don't know. What, yeah, well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to tweet about it. I don't yeah, know. she's going to, you know, you know, call call on her. Should have uh, set it on fire. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Her, I mean, her fire goddess. And uh, <laughs> well, phone calls were made and permission was given. Um, so mm. they were taken to this other section. That's some good and, passive. And then they entered, (laughs) we were then taken to another section of the jail and entered the Patriot Wing. What? Is that what she called it? Yes. Okay. I was greeted by men with overwhelming cheers who rushed out to meet me with tears streaming down their faces. They have felt forgotten and hopeless. It was like walking into a prisoner of war camp and seeing men who, who eyes can't believe someone had made it in to see them. They are suffering greatly. Virtually no medical care, very poor food quality, and being put through re-education, which most of them are rejecting. Oh, man. Is there critical race theory in the jails? (laughs) (laughs) Our detailed report will outline everything we saw in every area of the jail we were allowed to see on behalf of all inmates. Contended. That's continued. Continued. This tweet does not hit anywhere near the max character, so I don't know why it's contended, but it is. (laughs) I am committed to ending this political war and seeing that our justice system is never again used against Americans as a political weapon ever again. Oh, interesting. I am also beginning a plan for real prison reform. Our nation is broken and our people are divided. It's time to fix it. Yo, if we get prison reform from Marjorie Taylor Greene, I am fucking because here for J6, it. Yo, I am so fucking great. here for it. I mean, you know what? By hook or by crook. It would be very funny. Yeah, till they're all free. <laughs> but to like see this woman complaining about these these prison conditions because a couple of like her, you know, mascots have to sit in them for a while is really fucking funny. Well, it's it's good. I mean, what what democrat is talking about prison conditions? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you I know? know. Yeah, you just need like a uh, Republican to see people that they see as human beings but that's in the, the trick. jail. That's right? the yeah, trick. That's the trick. Is making sure that you put what they consider to be humans in there. Yeah. Yeah, because prison's totally fucked up. Yeah. And like, you know. Hot take, but true. Seeking points of unity where we can actually alleviate human suffering seems like, you know, 
the most worthy goal of like a compromised system of government. If if, if Ilhan Omar and Marjorie Taylor Greene like co-sponsor a bill, <laughs> that would fucking abolish the prison system. That would be extremely fucking cool. Yeah. That would be very cool. Oh man. Uh, this might seem like a good time to also talk about how the Biden DOJ is yeah. bringing terrorism charges against Black Lives Matter. Yeah, activists. I mean, this is incredible. Uh, like, yeah. this was something that when Trump did it, everybody was up in arms about these Flipping terrorism out. charges, go, uh, uh, you know, against people of color who were protesting at Black Lives Matter events. Yeah. And now Biden is just... Doing it. Just doing it anyway. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, that's, the, that's the ratcheting, right? Is It only goes in one direction. Exactly. Yep. And it gets tighter and tighter and tighter. Remember yeah, when it, Obama put uh, Asada Shakur on the uh, mo- FBI's most wanted terrorist yeah. list? Yeah. Like, yeah. After Smart. like 20 years. He probably cited her in his graduate school Havana. papers. Right. And, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. He probably knows her, knows about Shakur because he would name drop her when trying to get some ethereal trying to get bisexuals. Pussy. Yeah. <laughs> ethereal <laughs> bisexuals yeah. to come back to his place. I want you to know that uh, uh, Asada Shakur uh, deserves uh, freedom. Uh, not actually. Uh, <laughs> because then he became president. And then he right, and then he didn't do it. Yeah, he didn't yeah, do it. He's, right. a, he's a flip-flopper. Because he's yeah. a flip-flopper, yeah. But, but yeah, the, these two, uh, uh, these two uh, individuals... Um, use cop speak, right? They 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 threw uh, they uh, allegedly. Par- allegedly threw a Molotov cocktail at an empty cop car, and now they're going to get ter- they're they're slapped with terrorism charges that would a keep them in jail for 10 like ten years. years. Yeah, I mean it's uh so like terrorism charges didn't really even exist until like the nineties, I think, and uh, then um and then nine eleven happened, and, and then nine eleven oh, happened. Boy, do we have some terrorism. Well, and charges. then after the Oklahoma City bombing, they introduced laws. So it, at first, it was just international terrorists, and then after the Oklahoma City bombing, they introduced like a charge for domestic terrorists, and um, then those laws got stricter after nine after nine eleven. But like, it's hard to charge someone for terrorism. Yeah, it's actually, over, like it's it's it's, it's, it's in federal, federal court. It's in federal court, and you have to get a grand jury to indict, like to indict on federal charges for something like terrorism. But that's not what's happening here. This is like happening in the state prison system, and they're just like letting it fucking. It, just well, go just yeah just like bring these fucking federal charges on these people who harmed no one who ha- clearly had no intent no they one. did not plan to harm anyone yeah. it's clear that they didn't have intent to harm otherwise they could have easily and and, and they have no past record no yeah. past record of any any criminal activity as, nothing as far as i know the the laws that are on the books as it relates to the um the 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 statement of what was included within the war on terror which is still ongoing right because terror can't you know surrender uh because it's a concept it's a tactic um the nda 2012 that obama um passed he in his like signing statement essentially said like oh you know i'm not really going to do these things blah 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 but like the letters in of the law basically said that the global war on terror meant that the battlefield was everywhere including american soil and that the people that would be punished um through this war uh could be american citizens and the way that they could be punished was essentially getting rid of the entire Bill of Rights. So no necessary uh, due process. They could be extradited to uh, black sites and tortured. They could be uh, assassinated. They could be disappeared. They could be drone struck. They could be anything. And that all that 
needed to happen was that the federal government needed to consider them terrorist suspects. And they did this to Anwar al-Awlaki as well as his two children. They straight up killed them. And Anwar was uh, considered a terrorist suspect, even though he was never connected to any actual terrorist attack, simply from being a uh, YouTube imam that spoke uh, defensively uh, about um, the merits of uh, jihad and of generalized uh, terror uh, tactics. I think specifically the thing that got him, um, you know, held in a, um, a prison for like way long, too long was around uh, comments he made on the Fo- Fort Hood massacre. Um, and so just like whenever I hear the word terrorist being applied to someone uh, who's not a terrorist, uh, it always just makes me wonder, like, is this just the, are they just going to do this stuff where they throw out all of this person's civil rights, like, entirely? So can I, can I say something maybe a little controversial? Maybe. Sure. I think that this, I think that throwing a Molotov cocktail at a cop car is terrorism. And I think that that's good. Interesting. Ooh, okay. Maybe I shouldn't. It, so, okay. So well, terrorism d- defined Did you by just the listen to what I said that they could do to you now? <laughs> <laughs> No, I haven't committed. Omar Alaki was basically a podcaster. I haven't committed any terrorism. I'm just saying. Okay. Neither did Alaki. Yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, they spent a lot of time and money. If you uh, want my address, you're going to have to get some stickers from us yeah. by the, going to patreon.com slash ironweeds and giving us $5 a month. And if you do that, you will get an envelope with my return address the on CIA it. Yeah. So. Set up a basically a match.com <laughs> type thing to try to get Anwar a wife, yes, like a second yeah, wife. Yeah, as yeah, yeah. And then they it set worked, her up with, it? well, what they did is they set her, uh, her up with all these tracking beacons for the purpose of murdering the two of them. And uh, with drones. And when they arrived, basically Anwar's uh, crew was like, all right, strip, put these clothes on, get rid of your luggage, here's some new luggage, all right, let's go. And as far as we know, she has is none the wiser yeah. about the fact that she was set up by the CIA with, with Anwar. But, okay, can I just say why I think that like this dis- this definition of terrorism is incredibly narrow and unfair? Please. Yeah, please. So it's defined as a ca- as an offense calculated to influence or affect the conduct of government by intimidation or, co- or coercion or to retaliate against government conduct. We should be allowed to do that. We should be allowed to have mass actions that do that, that are calculated to influence or affect the conduct of government. Isn't that every protest? Yeah, that's like a strike. A strike, yeah. a strike d- d- fits the definition of terrorism in that the, respect. The, the yeah. definition yeah, this that is... I, I'm most familiar with it has to do with targeting violence towards uh, non-state actors. Like, if you were, like, straight up, like, bombing a building with, like, you know, like, children and, like, old people in it to try to bring about some type of political change this through is intimidation. A, this That's is some terrorism. sort of, like, it, like enhancement on the law that was passed under Trump. So now terrorism so just now means terrorism anybody means who wants to change anything? to influence or affect the conduct of government by intimidation or coercion or to retaliate against government conduct. <sighs> so, um, anyway. Neato. <laughs> I don't know what else. There's no other like political speech that does otherwise. That's like all you just yeah. that you just outlawed all political speech. So yeah. just so everybody is, I just want to keep you all posted. Mm-hmm. As of 
you know, 20, it looks like, it looks like 2019, (laughs) apparently. Um, We're all Any words that try to change the government (laughs) is terrorism. (sighs) But you know what? Now it's happening under Biden, which I think makes it fine. I'm not even worried Uh, about it. Yeah, now it's fine. He won't do anything wrong. Oh, God, I almost wanted to bring up our wildflower, but I know I have to wait. Yeah, wait. Just wait for <laughs> we're it. Get, we're getting close, right? We're just, getting close. Yeah. We're getting... Hold it down. We're so close. Hold okay. it down. Um, so, do, should we talk about Starbucks now? Yeah, sure. I mean, we talked about Buffalo earlier, yeah, and this yeah. is sort of in the same neck of the woods, so... Yeah, Starbucks, they uh, no longer call their workers um, husband and wife. They call them partners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, the the wokenization of Starbucks yeah, continues. Yeah, it's gone too far. It's gone too far. <laughs> it is so. So we're going to talk about the story, but it is so weird that Starbucks like very aggressively calls their employees partners. Yeah, it feels like very abusive to me. Yeah, that, if that you're not wearing like it's a, gaslighting. A it, this, is, hat, this is classic gaslighting. Then you you can't call your employees partner. <laughs> <laughs> like make them partner. You know, which is to say, like make them owners. Right. Yeah. of the owners, enterprise. That, that would make them partners. Everyone's a partner here. You know. Yeah. Howdy, partner. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it make any they don't. Sense. They don't do that. Yeah. No. So, um, employees, not or partners. Partners, come whatever. on, David. We just. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, partners of the three Starbucks stores in uh three out of several uh I think there's 20 in yeah. around Buffalo. Um three uh, uh, three of them um are are trying to unionize. Uh and one and I I I slipped up there for a second because the part that I was reading is one of the many tactics that Starbucks is doing to try to prevent this is they tried to force the NLRB, the National Labor Labor Relations Board, um, to make them vote for all 20 at the same time. Yeah, they call it a market. Yeah. Starbucks organizes its stores into what it calls markets, which is like fairly standard for a lot of corporations. But they wanted the whole Buffalo market to vote on unionization when only these three stores had done any work on it. Yeah, right. So that would that would change the the voting pool from 60 to 450. Right. And, and and so I I think this is a good place to enter into this uh story because it shows I think like how complicated the tactics are for um uh, uh defeating union drives, right? Yeah. Is that because it sound at first it sounds cool, right? It's like, yeah, let's get more people to vote for being in a union, right? But it uh but it is so fucking hard to get everyone on the same page about like why a union is good, what the union will provide them, what they need to do, you know, like how to vote, why to vote. You need organizers. You, need, you, need you would to need a, almost a person in every store yeah. to can do in that work. And you know who does have a person in every store? It's Starbucks. It's Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Management. Yeah. Management has that. And, and management has been um has been flown in. They descended to Buffalo. on Buffalo yeah. Starbucks. It's so fucked yeah, up. Like, yeah, they, they, they had they, a Chinook helicopter just come right out <laughs> in the parking lot. Dropped them by parachute. Like, yeah, like tier one managerial operators <laughs> were dropped in. You yeah. know, like right on the rope with the night vision goggles, and they were like venti mocha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they they uh, um, and and they have like these stories of like. <laughs> Fucking the vice president for partner relations and latte sipping, like, <laughs> is like in the store, like 
behind the counter with like seven other employees trying to take out the trash. Yeah, they said that they were incredibly disruptive to everyday <laughs> workflow, that they had flown all these fucking white collars in who were then like trying to clean and take out trash. And all the employees were just like, they're in my fucking way. Like, I can't take orders and make coffee and pay people. Yeah. And take money from people. Like, it's just like when the John Deere. Uh, uh, workers like went out on strike and they tried to get like management to do their work and they like all got sent to the hospital for like yeah, <laughs> crashing cut off feet and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah from mad menning themselves. Yeah, right. Um, uh, yeah, and so like, the, it, it, so all of these um, mealy mouthed uh, corporate execs that have like parachuted in are like saying things like, you know, like, you know the classic shit of like we're part, we're like, a family. Yeah, we're we're well, we're partners, right? And <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and we don't want like a third party getting in the way. And they and like this is we the don't want to open this Amazon... partnership up. I'm know? not Polly, okay? Yeah, yeah that's I... what they should. That's what they should. <laughs> they do. should yeah, They're like are this you is Polly? Don't be Polly. It's the same thing that Am- I mean. This is a classic, like you know, union busting tactic. But like Amazon said the same thing, right? That why would we want to introduce a third party into this wonderful thing that you and I have? Yeah, yeah, like, baby, know, we're good. Yeah, you it's know? Gonna we're, we're jealousy good, we're issues, yeah. you know, like and they don't know you like I know you. And <laughs> and and you know what? They don't know me like you do. They don't know us. Yeah. <laughs> like we know us. <laughs> uh here's some other uh talking points uh and some anti union messaging, uh including uh that you know like they, they say that the uh the, the SEIU that they're organizing with uh, lost 22% of its members over the past five years. Uh, oh, they, gosh. I wonder why. Yeah. They gave $341,000 to, uh, uh, to the SEIU on benefits for the officers and staff. Like, okay, yeah, like a national organization. That's super thin, that, too. Like, that's yeah, nothing. that's nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, here, wait till you find out how much money you're giving management for that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, these rules give workers united control over you. Uh, $536.68 per year in dues. That comes out of your paychecks after taxes. After taxes. Yeah. Um, did you know Workers United money, Rochester frankly. Joint Board raised dues twice since 2015? Since like, 2015? Yeah. How many times has your rent gone up since 2015? Right? How many raises have you had since 2015? Five, How much more twice? work do you do since, since 2015? 2015 right? yeah, yeah. Holy yeah. shit. If union dues going up twice over the course of six years is, like, astonishing to me. What else in the world goes up twice in six years? Nothing. Mm, yeah, may, I don't know. How may, much has your internet gone up in yeah, six years? Right, yeah, yeah. How much has your net, water bill gone up in six years? Like, yeah. you know, I don't know. Yeah. Taxes. Yeah. Yeah. But this is, this is great. Okay, so... Um, uh, uh, Roseanne Williams, an executive vice president who joined Starbucks in 2014, is in Buffalo uh, with uh, the other out-of-town managers and executives. Um, and she says that her presence in Buffalo is not, quote, about whether we are pro-union or anti-union. It's quite simply that we are pro-Starbucks partners. Pro-Star, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can tell that they're not anti-union because none of their stores are unionized. Well, and they have 8,000 stores in the United States. Not a single, not a single Starbucks one. is unionized. How are you going to yeah. come out here and say that your organization is neither pro nor anti-union when it just so happens that... 10 fucking baristas have never gotten together to start a union in Starbucks history. That's uh, that's great. That's crazy. And the press just like literally fucking clipboard in hand looks up at them and says, 
oh, okay. And right. then they write that down and then they type that up and then they put it on the internet as if that's the fucking news. It's wild to me. The, the, it's hilarious. The, credit where it's due, the, this uh, News 4 article that we'll link in the show notes that we're going off of does a pretty decent job, I think, of going back and yeah, forth it's not too bad, bet- yeah. between, bo- between both of them. I think, I think but, actually But does where right. did they say... But, uh, this makes no sense based right. on facts. Yeah, like no, that's the course. thing yeah. is right, you're not right, gonna right. you're only gonna find that in like oh, Jacobin oh, oh, or some hold, shit. Hold on, hold on. It, if management of Starbucks was really so greedy, wouldn't they have like a CEO who is like a billionaire who'd run a vanity campaign for president <laughs> or something? Like, wouldn't that have happened by now if like such a widely and successful company was like you know sort of rotten to its core? Yeah, I yeah, know. yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah, that's hmm. a good point. I guess that didn't happen. Uh, another another great part from this uh, Williams character. Uh, this is in a memo. Uh, uh, as you know, our heritage and culture, fucking heritage of Starbucks. You do not. You are from the nor- the Northwest. <laughs> Territory. North, no, Pacific, yeah, North, yeah, yeah Pacific, Pacific. You're from the from Pacific Seattle. Northwest. Yeah, your only culture is white supremacists, and you need to just—if you're not that—you need to pretend that you have no culture. Yeah, uh, um, uh, they're built on the belief that by working to directly that. together as partners, we can build a different kind of company. We do that by listening, having real talk, and lifting one another up, always with capitalized our mission and values at well, they, our core well listen they and if do your have, boss makes you have real talk they do yeah. have real talk remember when the whole black lives matter thing was happening oh, yeah, with George and they Floyd? closed down and, for a yeah. day well, they did that but and chad's got very upset but even more than that they had a thing where it was they were trying to get their partners to engage in topics of conversation around race with their customers <laughs> Yeah. While they're trying, yeah. to get, while they're trying to Very get a coffee, fucking normal shit. Yeah, that is how we're going to change some, things. That's some real motherfucking talk. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. If I, my boss th- ever drive through, like, you know what? Actually, have you ever read any CLR James? Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I never, I never got like uh, union busted at work, but I have had cops pull me. Er, I have had cops. Wow, that was a Freudian slip. I have had bosses pull me in for real talk, uh-huh. and it was never a safe space. It was never. Anytime <laughs> your boss wants you to like talk to them in like a real way like tell me what you're really thinking gird your fucking loins uh like get out of there get your lawyer it's not good yeah, yeah <laughs> right lawyer. lawyer up yeah, yeah. seriously I like to plead the fifth well um it's really so, too bad that r kelly is a uh rapist monster because that is too bad i agree uh on a number of levels uh but the one that immediately is coming to mind uh is that he used to love the song real talk you know what i'm talking <laughs> oh, about yeah, yeah. Um, with like the youtube where he's like smoking stogies and he, then he has like a one-sided conversation with like like a bit it, like, like a broad like, like well yeah his, his partner his partner and uh, she is twelve, and and they're like, <laughs> and they're just like fighting, and all you're only hearing his side of it. And, uh-huh. and, of course, yeah, it's like, just the side that counts. Mm-hmm. You can't establish with you who's not, who's right, who's wrong, but what's right and what's wrong. Real talk. <laughs> It should have been red flags. Now we're thinking about it, right? A whole song that's only his side of the story. Yeah, yeah no, there yeah. were there were like yeah. a tr- quadrillion red flags, but like there really were so many. Yeah, I, but he was also I, really hot. I, so, in my defense, I I was in uh, high school and thought it was hilarious. No. But. Uh so just to wrap up the story, I, I guess is that uh, both um, uh, the the uh, union cards are going out for a vote. Um, 
ballots will be so sent who's to voters. voting is it the three it's stores the three. it's okay. just the three stores it's, that will so starbucks the, is appealing. how did they get the nlrb so the NL, nlrb ruled that um the the, the all you know the whole market 20, thing yeah. it does you know yeah they said no they oh said no okay to they that. said no oh okay yeah, i must they, have misread yeah, it yeah they said no to that and so it is just the three stores but uh starbucks is um uh, uh appealing that so I guess it's not completely um, decided, but it will have to be uh, uh, figured out uh, by the time you're listening to this, because on November 10th, voters will be uh, votes uh, ballots will be sent to uh, those the, oh, okay. the, the, the employees. Well, you're probably listening to this on the eighth or the ninth, yeah. so you'll know once we finish with this. Yeah, and uh, it has to be returned to the regional labor office by December eighth. So. Oh, so you won't know anything. Yeah, yeah. So, so none of us will know anything for a month now. Yeah. Oh my so gosh. They're, they're, well, we will keep you posted. Yeah, they're thinking by Christmas, uh, we'll know if the union drive was. Successful. I mean, if even a couple, even if a small handful of Starbucks unionized, that could be one thing about I think uh, labor today that's very different from the past is like the corporate spread, like the fact that there are so many people working for such small like conglomerated places so that small like, number if, yeah big big conglomeration huge yeah. conglomerate yeah huge huge company um but uh very Few like narrowly uh yeah, yeah yeah you know what i mean like i'm just saying like if big starbucks company, no people in- <laughs> <laughs> but centralization starbucks, big company lots of partners <laughs> lots of partners ta- go to union i'm i'm talking about like centralization you yeah. know that like um these these dense networks that that like exist within corporations if if a couple of starbucks places can unionize how quickly can that spread yeah. I don't really think that we know that very well. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean like, yeah, 80,000 stores probably each with, like, at least 20 people in it. Like, at least, a, that's yeah. That's a shit ton of people that, that you know, could, could go into the labor movement. But, you know, like, right now, we you know, you start with three. We'll see what happens. Start with three, yeah. see what happens. That's what my grandpa always used to say. <laughs> <laughs> Are you boys ready for a wildflower? Oh, my God. Oh. I'm just... I am just going to read this Daily Mail article, which I, and I am, I, I want to apologize for it because I know that's not really like very, uh, it's very lazy to just say, and now we will read you a Daily Mail article, but it's <laughs> so funny. It's so funny. And we're going to put a lot of effort into this. Yeah. Don't worry. I cannot we, get the ads to go away. You're going to get so value add. If it's, oh, yeah. if I do a poor job reading it, just know that it's the fucking ads are can, ridiculous. Can you put it in like reader mode or something? Oh, you know what? I can. You're right. Yeah. Let's do that. Oh, brilliant. This is why I married him, people. Yeah. This is why is. I married him. I have the ideas. All right. Camilla, quote, hasn't stopped talking about, end quote, hearing President break wind during chat at COP26. The president Cop- farted in front of Camilla. <laughs> Who's Who Camilla? I kept wanting to the call Duchess the princess. Of but <laughs> she's the Duchess of Cornhole, yes. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm hearing it's Cornwall. Corn- Corn- okay, oh, so. Cornwall. He is supposed to be committed to reducing emissions. But when President Joe Biden produced a little natural gas of his own at COP26 summit, it was audible enough to make the Duchess of Cornwall blush. (laughs) (laughs) An informed source has told the Mail on Sunday that Camilla was taken aback to hear Biden break wind as they made polite small talk at the global climate change gathering in Glasgow last week. Everyone around her is like, 
mostly embalmed and like not really alive. So like she's <laughs> she's at first surprised by human bodily functions at all, but then not the fart ones are you know like really something else. Well, yeah, duchesses like actually don't fart, right? Yeah, right. Well, cunts like Camilla probably don't <laughs> fart because she's a terrible person. Fuck you, Camilla. This is a pro Princess Diana gang right here. <laughs> Quote, it was long and loud and impossible to ignore. Camilla hasn't stopped talking about it. Oh, fuck yeah. A source said. The man's out here Loud and it. long and impossible to ignore. I'm going to get that tattooed <clears throat> on my side. Just going from like my armpit down to my hip. You know, like how like cute skinny white girls have yeah, those side tattoos. Yeah, yeah. Loud and long and impossible to ignore. Um, <laughs> the president met the Duchess during a reception on Monday at the Kelvin Grove Art Gallery, attended by Prince Charles, the Duke, and Duchess of Cambridge, and... Boris Johnson, Bojo, friend of the show. Just hours earlier, the 78-year-old, nicknamed Sleepy Joe by Donald Trump, had appeared to doze off during the opening addresses, prompting more questions from his political rivals over his fitness for office. God, he's 78. Again, Daily Mail, I love you so much. This is not the first time that Biden has faced claims that he broke wind. Or, or fall asleep. asleep. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get you guys on the writing staff yeah. for Daily Mail. Yeah. In May 2020, Republicans, including Donald Trump Jr., including Donald Trump Jr., posted a video clip of Biden containing a suspicious noise while live streaming an exchange with Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf. However, a separate video, which circulated last month and was bre- and was briefly trending on Twitter under hashtag #fartgate was found to have been doctored to include fake flatulent. (laughs) Was found to have been doctored to include fake flatulence. Was that Marla? Yeah. Oh, she's so cute. Yeah, she's getting hungry. She likes farting. (laughs) (laughs) She does. She She does. She likes talking about farting. You know, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though, right? We keep accusing Joe Biden of farting. But isn't he shitting his pants? He's probably shitting his pants. I don't think so. Because he's got the the number. No, think about when you shit, though. Yeah, I'm thinking I want about all it. of you us, think, all of us here, up? and all of you huh. listening through the through your ears. Think about when you shit. Okay, how much sound do you really make? Oh, okay. So at the start of a shit, you might yeah. make a lot of sound when the air. The thing that makes a sound is the air escaping through your anus and through your butt cheeks. That's science, people. <laughs> but when you're shitting, and especially if you are standing up in a diaper shitting. I think the amount of air leaving your anus and flapping through your butt cheeks is really not that much. Like, I don't think that... So you're saying it's quieter if you're standing up. Here's the thing. When you're near an old person, the possibility that they're shitting their pants is, like, kind of high. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, like, end up with, like, colonoscopy bags, in which case, like, they're pretty much constantly... Well, yeah, but they're not far. There's no air. No, no. Like you said, it's silent. silent. The thing that makes the sound is the air leaving. Yeah, either that or like flapping through the butt. Exactly, the the cheeks flapping. But that's why cat farts don't sound like much. But but they they smell like a lot, though. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. All right. I'm just saying. It seems like I I didn't think we were going to run into talking about shitting yourself um, on this episode, but there is a. Runner, I I recently read an article about this runner who basically decided to shit herself and like owned it. 
and like did it's actually like, done and, by runners yeah, a lot and broke like, her personal record and like everyone within her running community was like it was the right call yeah <laughs> like and so running makes you have to shit like hella bad i had such an uncomfortable time the other day i was did running you, well so why I, didn't you just shit because like i was, I was, at, I was at work and I was only running oh, okay. four miles. Oh, yeah, you can't <laughs> so, so it was like I was out on a, a run for, to to get lunch. I call it, a, you know, a runch. And uh, I was <laughs> man, going me to, and you are not the fucking same. I was, I was going out for for <laughs> pizza for, for no downtown, lunch. right? So I ran down, um, which was like two miles there, and then I'm on my uh, return trip, and like something I had for breakfast was like causing a lot of discomfort, right? And I like really needed to go, and uh, it started getting to that point where. Like it's really painful, and so I was like, I gotta, you know, the only business there is a First Niagara Bank. I went to the bank, and I was like, you know, almost like doubled over, like making all like the visual like things of like, I mean, I'm suffering you're, right yeah, now, you're... and you know, through sort of like wincing breaths, I was like, may I please use your restroom? Like this is an emergency. And the person behind the desk was like, no, sorry, no public restrooms. And then I was like, COVID. I'm literally going to shit myself in your lobby. Like, may I please use your restroom? And then this other guy who's like not usually customer facing, apparently, like, you know, he's just like, no, no, there's no, there's no public restrooms. You got to get out. And so I surprised myself because I just looked them both in the eye. I said, burn in hell. And then I like (laughs) walked out of it really. Because like, I don't wish ill on almost anybody and I certainly don't believe in hell, but like, I just wanted them to understand exactly. they've probably been told by somebody who makes twice what they make that there is absolutely no excuse for letting someone letting someone use the bathroom. It's just at a certain point, it's like like a human rights thing. I know, I know. But I've worked in places where people weren't allowed to use the bathroom and it wasn't fucking negotiable. Yeah. It was not. Well... I'm really so. How did you make Good luck out? To your Where eternal did you, soul. Oh yeah, no, I know. I already. I'm going to hell for reasons much worse than that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just so kidding. how did you that make out? Exist. Did you shit yourself? Uh, did you? Go no, no. To... I I just painfully walked the rest of the way because I couldn't run anymore. Yeah. Like at that point. Yeah. And um, about like so I had to go about another mile back to work, and so I walked that. But about um, like three quarters of the way there, whatever past the turned the corner and mm-hmm. it was no longer causing like you know sweats and like extreme discomfort and pain uh and i was able to like be more or less normal by the time i arrived back yeah. not running but like you know just like here. i i will say i've shit myself a couple of times uh all of them were confused were i thought they were farts i didn't know oh, that yeah. they were shit well sometimes it's, just- it's tricky like that but all of them are quiet <laughs> All of them were very quiet, and that's right. the only reason that I tell that story. All right, it's so, the only right, reason that I share fair, that part fair. of me with that's you all. Not, all right, is, you've proved it. It was it, a fart. Look, it was a fart. The the singular of data is anecdote. Yeah. So, yeah. Or is it the so, plural of anecdote? That's actually the saying: is the plural of anecdote is data. So, yeah. if you so listener did, have shut your pants and it was not very loud, let me know because I think he's farting. I think he's farting. Was anyone else mad, or is it just Camilla? Isn't data? <laughs> all all anecdotes. I thought it, are no. Data, I thought man. the plural of anecdote is data. I thought so, which which would mean that if you have a story to tell, then you just need a few more stories before you have data. That that sounds correct to me, but uh-huh. I think the usual saying says the opposite because uh, science nerds are dumb. What's the saying? That like the anec- <laughs> the plural of anecdote is not data. Damn. 
I think. I don't All know. Right, we'll science science we'll hurts. Right you know in. No, I, I want, want you to sign it off. I don't want to hear from science. If you sign say that, out. I'm very upset with you, and you need to explain yourself to me. All right, I'm going to finish this article, because it, it does get funny. Trump Sr., that's just how they refer to Trump, Trump Sr. Yeah, there's a few. Is considering running in the 2024 presidential race. He sure is. After a year in the White House, Biden's approval ratings are at rock bottom, with polls putting his predecessor two percentage points ahead. So Biden's approval ratings are at rock bottom. And Trump's are two percentage points above <laughs> rock bottom. Yeah, I mean, that's, some, that's all it takes in this fucking country. At the reception, which was originally supposed to have been hosted by the Queen until she was ordered to rest by doctors, because, because she's dead. dead, she's definitely dead yeah. or dying, Biden was seen laughing and joking with Prince William at one stage, placing a hand on his shoulder. Kind of gay, that. if you ask me, it's a little gay. At COP26, <laughs> Biden apologized for Trump's actions in taking the United States out of the Paris Climate Accord, and he pledged that America would devote more resources to fighting climate change. The president was gonged, which is when they strike a gong, uh-huh. eight times by organizers for running past the three minutes allotted for his speech. Uh, this summer, Johnson, Boris Johnson, praised Biden as being a big breath of fresh air on climate change compared to his predecessor. Oh, my God. Appropriately, Biden has urged world leaders to cut methane gas emissions by 30% by the end of the decade. Cows and other livestock contribute substantially to global methane levels. The White House declined to comment last night. No. Which means that somebody asked the Biden White House to please comment on his stinky room clearing farts, <laughs> and he said, "No, comment. no, no comment." Uh, also, the Daily Mail totally left uh, on on the table the joke about like Joe Biden's own methane contributions. Yeah, yeah. I was, no, they made that joke. I, I don't feel like it landed. What, what are you talking right, about? Right in the beginning. Right in the beginning. You know, it's like he was there to, uh, yeah, to but, stop yeah, noxious he, emissions. This is the, the first fucking sentence. Okay, yeah, at the top. He is the supposed bottom, to be committed to reducing emissions, but when President Joe Biden produced a little natural gas of his own I, at I the know, COP26... Know, but, but it's specifically methane. It's not natural gas. It's methane. Oh my God. Oh, his butt, oh, and they could have said it. They could have. Uh, I'm just yeah, saying. They, they like, yeah, you mean at the part where they talk about cows, is you're methane, saying? Isn't it? Uh, no, yeah. but you mean at the part where they talk about cows? Yeah. Biden has urged world leaders to. That's what oh, I'm oh, well, it says appropriately. Yeah, this Biden. Is, they should yeah. have brought the fart back. Yeah, yeah. I, I am infuriated by how much of a pass um, uh, Biden and the United States are getting for just showing up. Yeah, literally, like literally, like his speech was like, and and here, and here I am, <laughs> like and he fell I showed asleep. up for fucking asleep. climate, like the, you and dumb you assholes, like I, you you this asked me to the... show up, here I am. What else do you want? What else and do you want? A livable planet off the fucking table. A lot of times, people will say if you accuse a world leader of falling asleep, people will say like, "Oh, you have to watch the context." And he did, he wasn't falling asleep; he was just it, it only lasted. But if you actually watch well, the whole yeah. video of Joe Biden falling asleep at this thing, it like starts where he's awake and alert, and he like fucking powers down visibly, <laughs> and then that just goes on for minutes. Like, this is not one of those yeah. things that where you can just say, actually, oh, you caught him resting his actually, eyes. Actually, and- actually. All right. Sorry. He didn't want to let everybody know about this, but he was actually urging world leaders 
during that time. He was tapping into he's his, a baby witch. Yeah, he was tapping into you know his, his um, uh, pineal gland and Pine- he, pineal. He, yeah, pineal gland, and he was sending psychic transmissions to all the other world leaders and saying, "Please do something about climate." <laughs> <laughs> Please do something about the climate. That would be the coolest thing <laughs> that a president had ever done, in my opinion, if it were true. But sadly, be, he's just know, an old man. It would be really cool like, if we did something about climate. Yeah, that would if we be went to a climate no. as as Crazy one of the, talk. the largest historical um, polluters in the form of carbon. Uh, I think the largest um, yep. in terms of our overall effect. Um, yeah, it'd be great if we, uh, Chris, you know, did glo- something. You're gloomying actually... on our wildflower. Come on. <laughs> Joe Biden farted in front of the Duchess of Cornhole, and that is a very fun, All right, well, wonderful thing that happened recently. Hey, we got to take our wins where we can. Sorry. <laughs> wins. <laughs> Breaking wins. Breaking. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Pushed that one too far. Oh, Just like God. A fart. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Iron Weeds. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, I, I had hinted that we're going to be doing a bonus episode on things that are fake, but we're going to be talking about Zillow and the housing market, um, Kristen Cinema, and like her MLM fans, which is weird. Um, fake influencers and all manner of other fake things. So you can find all that content at patreon.com slash ironweeds for as little as a dollar a month. What a bargain. It's a very good bargain, good I think. Bargain. I think it's very, uh, very affordable. Yeah. Really. And really. you could just get it and cancel it even. So we've you just do you a dollar. Do yeah. Well, I've asked you not to do it, but we told you that you can. So. <laughs> but yeah, um, the real shit is behind the paywall. So yeah. um, it yeah. is. We put a lot of shit behind the, a lot of good shit behind the paywall. We probably, there's a bunch of shit. Behind we should the probably put our better stuff. <laughs> Honestly, we're probably like terrible at business because we do put some of our what I think is some of our very, very best content um, behind the Patreon paywall. But that's just because we love our patrons so much and you can be among that group. And in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter. Iron Reads Pod. And you can find us on Instagram. Iron Reads Pod. And you can send us an email if you'd like to at Iron Weeds Pod. At gmail.com. We all did very different pitches, that one. I don't know what pitch means. (laughs) Very punk rock in that respect. (laughs) Bye-bye.